Hello and welcome to Super Pop Riders Room bonus episode uh, podcast mini review on the Batman. Uh, I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And uh, I'm joined by first time ever Super Pop Riders Room guest Rowan. Hello, thanks for having me. Absolutely, uh, we were just kind of tra- talking. Like Rowan's been involved with the team for a while, but he hasn't uh, hasn't been on the podcast yet. And I was just like, who's somebody that I could reach out to that I could probably just be like, you know. Uh, let, let's talk about the Batman tonight, and they would be like, "For sure, let's do it." I was like, "Rowan, all right." <laughs> so, uh, especially because we were talking about you know streaming services and other stuff, and I made him watch the Nice Guys. So this is your payment for watching <laughs> the Nice Guys, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so win-win, I guess. You know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna talk about the Batman. Uh, don't worry, we'll start off spoiler-free. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, then uh, then you don't have to worry about that. But you'll get our general thoughts on it. We're going to keep it pretty short in the non-spoiler section, uh, and we can uh, talk more openly as we as we progress. Um, we, there will be a firm cutoff uh, that we will say, all right, everything's on the table now, so back off if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, but for, we'll start off, and I feel like there will be a lot of movie that we'll talk, point, a lot of points that we'll make about this movie that we want to be able to refer to the entire movie um, and frankly, this is probably just a better movie for you to know nothing about, uh, including seeing the trailers because my God put limits on what you can put in your trailers. Um, anyway, uh, with that Rowan, the Batman, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Well, I am very pleased to say that I love this movie. Nice. Yeah. Man, I'm also happy to have you on because I really wanted somebody to be like super high on this movie because <laughs> I am straddling the, straddling the line of it's just okay and liked it. I think I left the theater firmly and like it, but the more I think about this movie, I think I'm coming down on it a little bit. Um, so, gosh, and 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 look, I have no idea how much of that plays into almost everybody has this at a full four stars or higher. Um, I don't know how much of this plays into like the fact that letterboxd reviews are like 4.4 average and like no movie should have a 4.4 average. It's insane. Um, If you can beat Schindler's list, (laughs) (laughs) that's a problem. So I'm I'm curious, curious what it's, what it's sitting at currently. Um, 4.3 aggregate. Yeah. So, um, man. And, uh, Oh, Schindler's List with 4.4. Okay, so there we go. Schindler's List back not, on top. Not quite, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so just, I don't know if it's just like me reacting, me overreacting to everybody else overreacting in opposite directions. And maybe eventually we meet in the middle. But mm-hmm. um, for now, I'm straddling that line of just okay and like it for the sake of picking one, I'll say like it. Um, but uh, let's let's give brief thoughts why. And then let's dive into spoilers so we can give full thoughts on everything. So so in a very brief summary, tell me why this is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So on paper and, you know, I loved it. So on screen as well, uh, this is the ideal Batman movie. It uh, not only brings him back to his roots as the world's greatest detective, uh, but it also <clears throat> brings in some of his most iconic characters and – um, has a pretty compelling mystery uh, to go along with it. So <clears throat> yes, I do believe that uh, th- that this had the perfect recipe for success. And for me personally, I had a really fun time watching it, and it uh, that recipe I think really paid off. Okay, um, I think that Matt Reeves gets Batman. Oh yeah, um, totally. Um, I think he 
I mean, as soon as he, as soon as he was announced, I was like, oh yeah. And, um, uh, lots, lots of things that he gets right. Lots of things that I don't think changed at the end of the day. I left the, uh, the credits started rolling and I just sighed and I turned, I saw this, um, in theaters with Jake, um, and Jake had already seen the movie cause he wrote the review for Sif pop, but I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods watching it. You want to come over? And he's like, yeah, um, I'll, I'll watch it again. And I left the theater and I sighed and he's like, what's up? I'm like, it's kind of just another Batman movie. And that was my biggest fear is that it would be kind of just another Batman movie. And it is. <laughs> so, uh, it does some things really great. It falls into a lot of traps. And ultimately, I can't wait to see what's next. I hope Matt Reeves really has something special. But kind of like uh, I saw Frank tweet out recently that um, that he just can't get excited for a movie that's entirely based off of um, like how you might feel about the future of this franchise. So, you know, maybe Dune or something like that as well. It's just like, you know, and he was referring to the Batman with this. So I kind of feel the same way. Like I'm so excited for whatever comes next, but Mm -hmm. this kind of just doesn't work in a lot of ways. Um, There's there's a lot that does. I'm excited to talk about lots of the things that work. So um, do you have any other non-spoiler thoughts before we dive into this? Well, I do think, I mean, it's a three-hour movie. There is going to be, you know, in any three-hour movie, there is a lot in there that, you know, there's a reason it's it's three hours. Um, and I think while I did start to feel the length about midway through, uh, I do think it used its runtime uh, the best way that it possibly could. There are a lot of characters in this movie. There are a lot of plot lines, uh, not all of them major, um, and it... Uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, Aaron, there is a lot that is going to be coming next. You know, a bunch of HBO Max shows, probably at least one or two sequels. Um, and at points, I'll get into this more in spoilers, but it, it feels like it is trying um, a little too hard to, you know, set up a future in a movie that is really not connected at all to the pre- to, to the DCEU, the previous, you know, DC expanded universe. Um, so, so for a movie that claims to be standalone and independent, it is trying awfully hard to set up um, a universe of its own, which I don't know is necessarily a bad thing. It's just very, very noticeable. It's a great way to put that. Mm-hmm. Great way to put that. We will talk about all of those things uh, coming up here in spoilers. So there you go. There's our very brief thoughts. Um, look, at the end of the day, like I'm still saying go check out this movie and see it on the biggest screen you possibly can. I, I didn't go to IMAX to see it. I did see it in a super screen deluxe, which just means it's a larger screen. It doesn't have the IMAX format. I don't really care about the IMAX format, though. <laughs> I care about screen size and sound quality. So, And also, three-hour movie, I'm going to go see it in a theater with recliners. So I made the absolute right choice um, for me. But go check out this movie if you feel comfortable. Uh, like, absolutely go do that. And then come back and listen to this podcast. So here you go. Full stop. If you haven't uh, seen this movie and you care about spoilers, we're going to be able to talk about anything and everything here. So, Rowan, where do you want to begin? Oh, man. Uh, you know, three-hour movie, lots of different places to start. Uh, Let's start gonna... with three-hour movie, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a three-hour movie. No, absolutely not. Like, this, this sh- I, I, 
we walked out of the theater and I said, this should have been the director's cut. Mm-hmm. And that would have been totally fine. And I would have been through the roof and ecstatic. ecstatic. I think, I think it justifies it the, with the complexity of the story, a three hour or a three hour, at least or more than two hour runtime. Mm-hmm. And I think it could justify given its premise and the amount of characters that are in a three hour, but there's a couple characters you could just cut from the movie and it wouldn't change the movie. And there's definitely Matt Reeves in this movie is just eating up long brooding, staring at the camera shots or atmosphere setting shots that linger for what feels like double the length that it should. Um, especially, and it's especially noticeable going into the movie, knowing it's a three hour movie and you're like, why is there six seconds of Batman staring at the, at the camera with no dialogue? Like what that's six seconds you could have cut. Like <laughs> there's, and I get it. He's going for a tone. He's going for atmosphere. That's why I say this would be an excellent director's cut. So, um, you agree with me on that though. Yeah, I do. Yes. I, I honestly, I, I think they could have easily shaved at least 20 to 30 minutes, uh, at the, at the bare minimum off of this movie. Um, aside from the fact that it has, uh, you know, uh, almost as many endings as Return of the King. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, this is a mystery and it can get pretty complex. We'll, we'll get into that soon, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But there are, as I mentioned in the non-spoiler section, a lot of characters in this movie. Um, completely unpopular opinion, uh, although at le- I know at least two people who agree with me. Uh, I don't think Catwoman was entirely necessary. I love Thank Zoe Kravitz. God. <laughs> love, love, love Zoe Kravitz. And I think yeah. she's, she's great. But the character and, did not need to be there. Okay, so there's also an element of, there's a lot, of, Zoe Kravitz is, is trending on Twitter as we speak for two reasons. Number one, people are praising how good she is. Mm-hmm. And number two, people are mad at Nolan because he apparently, um, according to her, um, wouldn't allow her to audition for Catwoman because... Quote, she was too urban. That's the phraseology that Kravitz said. Now, time will tell what the actual story is, and I'm, I have no reason to believe that Kravitz is lying in any reason. So, you know, there's, there's, I have no reason to believe that there's any sort of ill will, but it's just like she's trending on Twitter and people talk about how good she is. There's a very big difference between, you know, because your, your, your other alternatives are Halle Berry, which nobody's going to say is the best, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Anne Hathaway. And, there is a stark quality in the way this character is written between among between the other twos. Zoe Kravitz probably has the best Catwoman because she has the best written Catwoman. Mm-hmm. But she's far from necessary in this movie. Unfortunately. And even if they wanted to have Selena Kyle in it, there wasn't really a reason for Catwoman to be in it. You know, they could have played it off the same way just with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then maybe th- maybe through the events of the film, that's that's why she decides to become the Catwoman in the future, you know. And you get like a tease that would have been better, would have mm-hmm. saved you some time. They they really tried to make her a big part of the story by making her Carmine Falcone's uh, daughter, and and that was, I, I I think the last ditch effort to tying her into the plot, and even that was only there to give her a motivation to try to yeah. to try to kill him, um, which I mean. You know, I love, as I mentioned before, I, I, I love Zoe Kravitz. I honestly think she could do no wrong. I've never seen a bad performance by her. Um, and it's just a shame that she is – I'm not saying her talents are being wasted because they're not. But it's just a shame that she is – that she has to be the odd the odd one out. Um, 
because I really do think everyone else is entirely necessary to the story that this movie is telling. I think you could cut out, um, you would have to alter the way the mystery unfolds, but I think you could save Penguin and not have him. Yeah. I, or you, know, you that, could, or you could cut out and maybe only allude to Carmine Falcone. Right. Um, I think those are, those are two other, if you wrote the screenplay differently, you don't have to have both of them in there. And especially it just feels like the last time we got a Batman origin, Falcone was a big part of it. So like it, it feels entirely, it almost feels like, Hey, turns out Nolan knew how to really set up a bunch of stuff. Well, what did Nolan do? Well, he had the underworld, the crime boss, you know, the, and it was really like a year one Batman kind of thing. And there was, you know, League of Shadows stuff. There wasn't really League of Shadow stuff in here, but like, you know, they're not shying away from the fact that this guy's right. really skilled. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I really loved uh, uh, John Turturro and non Colin Farrell uh, in this movie. Um, I, I thought they were, they were both, you know, they, they were both doing great work. It's just, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it's a three hour movie and not mm-hmm. everything is entirely necessary because they didn't have too, too much to do with the Riddler's plot and, and the whole motivation behind the main, uh, the main antagonist. They were there to further inform the revelations that, um, that uh, Batman, you know, learns. Yes. And, but, you know, do we really need more conspiracy about Thomas and Martha Wayne's death? I don't know if we really do. At least we didn't see them being killed again. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. All right. So here, here's what's going to be interesting is I think we're going to mm-hmm. agree on so many points and still come out the other end kind of yeah. on our yeah. on our different levels. <laughs> right. Um, I, want, I want to start back with Falcone because you mm-hmm. mentioned that um, and, and the Penguin, specifically the performances. <sighs> Look, Colin Farrell is totally unrecognizable in this. And like, I don't say that like a Deadline article says that Leonardo DiCaprio is totally unrecognizable and don't look up. <laughs> I mean... You could have convinced me that they de-aged Robert De Niro for Penguin. Mm-hmm. And I would have absolutely believed you. So part of me is like, so why cast Colin Farrell? <laughs> like, right. Why not cast somebody else that you don't have to completely hide who they are? Um, and, uh, and this is, I mean, this is, I'm really excited actually after this to see Colin Farrell's Penguin TV show that'll be coming mm-hmm. out. That's exciting to me because he's, He's set up in a really interesting, really realistic way. I think this is going to be the definitive on-screen Penguin version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I th- there's a lot to love about uh, about the way that this character is designed, for sure. Uh, set up, really designed is right. <laughs> Maybe not the right. I mean, Would, he's designed well, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it it just makes it all the more interesting that he is the henchman in this scenario. He is uh, he is Falcone's uh, n- number two which I think is something that we haven't seen at least on screen with the character before. Um, yeah. Well, th- so this is one of the things that you were talking about where it mm-hmm. feels like this movie is setting up a lot. It feels like this is a penguin origin story as much as it is a Batman origin story. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact that I'm kind of over connected cinematic universe stuff. So, um, you know, maybe if they hadn't already announced a, a penguin movie, I don't know. Every part of me wishes, but that especially for a three hour Batman movie that Matt Reeves would have just told one Batman story. And, I love Matt Reeves. And I'm really excited to do what he does next. But like, why can't we just have one-offs? Why? What? Why does the Joker need a sequel? It doesn't. There's nothing yeah. about the Joker that needs a sequel and it's getting one. And if you would have framed this movie differently, there's you could have definitely had your your the Batman story, and especially with the way that this movie ends. Wow, doesn't need it doesn't need a sequel, and then they do a bunch of stuff and tack it on and make it. Oof. We'll definitely get there. Uh, my, my point about Falcone, though, and specifically John Turturro, is 
I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily the casting. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the problem. I think it's maybe the way they write it because you can tell Matt Reeves is like, I want John Turturro in this. And so he wrote John Turturro and look, he's kind of just playing a, you know, relaxed out version or a chilled out version, a less dramatic version of his character in Transformers. Like he's kind of playing John Turturro and he's not really playing Falcone. And again, if he's written that way, that's fine. But it's like, that, that's your that's that's your best bet, and I don't mean to like necessarily say negative on him. It's just mm-hmm. he wasn't special to me, you know. Yeah, he was and for one a of movie my... that wanted him to be so special. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was one of my personal standouts. Maybe that's just because I really like John Turturro. Um, that's okay. And and and, that's and the fact that yeah, and the fact that um he was like if you had only watched the trailers, you would not know he was in this movie. They sure. hit him hit him for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, and, and showed everything else. Um, but there's yeah. just this one moment that he gives some sort of like long lingering dialogue to either Bruce Wayne or Selene Kyle, one of the two. And he just says something that just feels like so, so like slow and like dragging out his words and just kind of being his John Turturro self, you know, just like, uh, you think that you can mess me over or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's John Turturro. That's not Falcon, you know? Um, and I mean, Falcone, Falcone is kind of a nondescript character in the, like, he's kind of meant to be like, not necessarily distinct. He's kind of, I mean, he's modeled off of Al Capone, but he's a fill in the blank like, in the comics. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. He's a fill in the blank. You could have him fat, skinny, tall, short, any ethnicity. Like you could make anybody be this person and just give them the Falcone name. It's like, all right, my boss, there we go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, um, the stuff that that, that that they do with him in this movie is not particularly inspired or, or you know, entirely original. Um, I think the whole thing with the Penguin was honestly much more interesting, not only because... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> not, not only because he's he's sort of sidelined, which I, I did not expect going in. Um, mm-hmm. But also... I kind of did, but yeah. Yeah, but like when, when they bring him in, like all of his scenes I thought were great. Um, like... Uh, it, it might it might might be too early, but I want to mention the Batmobile chase that was yeah that was spoiled, amazing. spoiled by the trailer. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they spoil some clips of it. Yeah, they should have definitely taken some other parts. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that scene was fun. So fun! Like th- there were cheers in the theater when the Batmobile uh, f- uh, fueled up, which was one of the only uh, was one of the few times my audience cheered, and I felt like I was in a room with Batman fans as opposed to d- depressed people. <laughs> My my theater was dead silent the entire movie, uh, except you know, and, and including myself. And you know, I'm mm-hmm. the kind of person that like when Thor wields Molnir, I screamed. You know, uh, <laughs> when, not no when Thor when Cap wields Molnir. I was about know? to say uh, Thor does that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I scream every time. No, when Cap wields <laughs> Molnir, or when uh, you know when uh, when when Cap says Avengers Assemble, all that you know, I, mm-hmm. I scream, I cheer. When uh, when Peter Parker shows up in Spider-Man, like I, I cheered absolutely, and I was dead silent the whole movie because it's just not that kind of movie. Right. The the difference, um, the, the one the one person that made noise in my movie was this kid two seats down from me that definitely had an anxious bladder by the end of it, and so during all the Lord <laughs> of the Rings ending, he was like crinkling a soda can that he brought in, and then like you can tell he was trying to do physical things to take his mind off of the fact that his bladder was about to pop. And he, like, 
we were in leather reclining seats and he was like banging on the leather and I'm like, shut the hell up, kid. <laughs> like I, I didn't actually say it because you know I live in the Midwest, which means of I'm course. nice. But <laughs> and it means I'll just let everybody walk over me. Uh, but I was just sitting there. I'm like, kid, I hope you pee your pants at this point. Like, either either pee your pants or get out. Either way, shut up. You know? <laughs> That's a great threat. I hope you pee your pants. I hope you pee your pants. I, I hope he didn't make it to that bathroom and he has to sit in the car oh, because, because he decided to wait. And then as soon as he stand up and started moving, he peed his pants. Like, I just <laughs> sincerely hope that kid left his pants left the theater with his pants wet <laughs> left his pants he Screw did that he peed and, he, and he left his pants in the theater <laughs> and, and when i say kid i mean like middle schooler high schooler like right. not child which could have been more excusable but then right. i would have blamed the parents I'm a, kid, the a kid, kid who should know better yeah <laughs> yeah um, um yeah. anyway so, ba- back to the batman <laughs> the, the, i don't i don't i just didn't feel the same thing when pe- when the batmobile engine revved up i'm like yeah it looks cool Awesome. It's revving up. And I'm like, okay, something's coming. Sure. Like, it just didn't feel like one of those, like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, it's like, all right, the Batmobile's revving up. We're going to get a chase sequence. Cool. Probably the one from the trailers. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I personally didn't real uh, d- didn't cheer uh, at all. Not only because I'm, you know, I, I like you. I'll cheer when the big stuff happens in in, in the Marvel movies. But honestly, mm-hmm. that's that's really about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it's not a crowd like it's not a big crowd reaction movie. It is a no. like it's a meditative superhero mystery with some action thrown in there. Um, that is, you know, that's not designed to necessarily pander to the audience like you know some of those marvel movie moments do which mm-hmm. is which, which, which is fine i i i respect the, that honestly. there's nothing wrong with making a movie that doesn't make you want to stand up and cheer and clap except for when the credits roll yeah there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that yeah um and even then if you're standing and clapping during the credits roll like okay fine i hope i hope somebody's in the audience with you that you know worked on the movie but mm-hmm. right um yeah uh what else? What else? What what else should we? Let's since we're talking about actors, how do we feel right. about Pattinson? I so Robert Pattinson gets a terrible reputation, and I know you know public opinion is is coming around. Um, you sure. know from 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 Twilight. I, I recently watched all the Twilight movies for the first time. They're not that terrible, guys. Come on, um, except the la- except the second to last one. Uh, but <laughs> um, I I'll take your think, word on it. Right. I think he is a fantastic Batman, absolutely fantastic Batman. Um, and <clears throat> I didn't like him as much as as uh, Bruce Wayne when I first saw it. And then I thought about it for a while. I, I, I read some stuff and I, I, I talked to some friends about it and I realized he is not trying to be Bruce Wayne. He is still in, in his, he's, he's in a second year of fighting crime here. He is trying to be Batman. He's trying to be the vigilante or vengeance. However, he, he refers to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, he's not thinking about doing, uh, about being Bruce Wayne right now. Like when Alfred near the beginning tells him, Oh, uh, uh, you go a meeting with the stockholders. Uh, you gotta, you gotta like dress up or something. And Bruce is like, in his typical, I guess now typical now emo uh, fashion. Um, I, I I thought it was very interesting how you know Bruce Wayne is, you know he he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He he wants you know when when he's dressed up in the costume, that's who he like that's who he wants to be at this point in his in his life. 
Um, and so that's, so I, I've since come around on his Bruce Wayne portrayal, you know, he's sort of uncomfortable in his own skin, doesn't really want to talk to anyone, does what he have to, uh, does what he has to. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really liked uh, him in this movie. Boy, howdy, are we going to agree and disagree. Okay. <laughs> Battinson is great. Um, he's, he's really great when he's in the suit. He's got that dark broodingness to him. He's got... He's got more of a silent Batman than we've seen in the past. You know, he doesn't talk mm-hmm. a lot when he does it sparingly. Um, he's he's usually more so observing and he's us- usually more so um, trying to assess and think for himself. Um, he's 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 not really a man of much words. I mean, this isn't to say that he's something more along the lines of, uh, um, I, I don't know, like uh, people that literally say next to nothing. I'm trying to think, is like... Mad Max Fury Road, right? He's not he's not Max right. in, in Fury Road. Uh nothing to that extent, but he is he is a very slow, patient Batman. Um in, in unless you trigger him and then you know he'll go off on you. But uh I love him in the cowl. I hate him as Bruce Wayne. And I'm only finding out this is not an unpopular opinion. But here's mm-hmm. why. I totally agree with what you said about he is not actively being Bruce Wayne. The movie is the Batman, not Bruce Wayne, right? And more so than ever, this movie feels entirely focused on Batman and Bruce Wayne is shoved to the side. Okay. So it's not, I don't necessarily care if you have Bruce, Bruce Wayne is barely in this movie. It's Mm -hmm. always Batman. Obviously he, Batman is Bruce Wayne here. But this isn't this isn't one of those that like Dark Knight is pretty balanced between Batman and Bruce Wayne. You know, Bruce Wayne has his things that he does, and Batman has his things that he does. Um, this this isn't that. This is all Batman all the time. Here's my problem with what you're with. I, I think I left the theater thinking that he didn't get anything to do as Bruce Wayne, so you can't really judge him on him. My problem is that. This story is so personal to the person of Bruce Wayne. How on earth can you have an emotionless, barely barely present Bruce Wayne in this story? How on earth can you have a movie where Bruce Wayne is almost is, is it has this attempted assassination on him and this person is trying to ruin the reputation of these people in this crime wing crime ring? Two of the people implicated are his parents who were murdered and potentially the person who murdered his parents are involved here. How do you have an emotionless, not present Bruce Wayne in this movie? How do we not have Battinson wrestling with any of this? You know, mm-hmm. it blows yeah. my like. How I, I'm, I'm totally willing to forgive if there's if if there's a nothing Bruce Wayne in a Batman movie, but for a Bruce Wayne centric story, he doesn't appear. Yeah, the, the, there, there's the scene where he's um, sort of he, he's laying out all the all the clues on the floor and spray painting it all over his floor. Still don't really know why. For some stupid is, reason. Well, yeah, why yeah. he had to spray paint his floor? I only just thought about that right now. He probably hates his floors. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, in 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 the trailer, we saw that shot and it says the sins of my father? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. And I th- and 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 you think, oh, you know, he he's going to. As you mentioned, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to wrestle being you know when does he want to be Bruce Wayne? When does he want to be the Batman? Mm-hmm. But instead, 
I, I think you might be bringing me down on this movie just a little bit. Um, <laughs> look, look but my intention, my goal is not to make you love this movie any less. My yeah. goal is to express my frustrations. Of so. course, yeah. It's, it, it's just making me think a little deeper about the character choices here. Because, yes, um, it seems that the movie is trying to... It's, it seems that the movie is trying to make it so that um, it seems it's, it's almost giving him less of a reason to be Bruce Wayne because he comes from a family that was involved yes. in some sort of corruption, which I think is the opposite way they should go with this character. Because, you know, eventually, as, as we see him in, you know, like the like the Keaton Batman, the Bale Batman, eventually he does, you know, a- after he's been the Batman for a while, he does realize that he does have to put on the public persona as Bruce Wayne so he can keep being Batman. But here, it seems like they're trying to distance it a little bit more. And sure, that that could be an interesting story point, except you're going in the opposite direction of what the character is and will become. So let me let me um, def- uh, let me defend Battinson for a second, and then mm-hmm. let me also play devil's advocate to myself. <laughs> um, so my critiques with the character of Bruce Wayne's use in this movie is not necessarily for Robert Pattinson's performance. He's given literally nothing to do. So my gripes are with the screenplay. The screenplay's intention for this character are. So this is on Matt Reeves and the other co-writer, not necessarily Battinson. Although, again, he doesn't do anything, even in this very little screen time as Bruce Wayne, for me to think that that would really change at all. Um, and, and to play devil's advocate on myself, the movie, I think, at the end is trying to say that Batman, as he currently stands, cannot continue. That there needs to be the half Batman, half Bruce Wayne. That there needs to be the um, uh, that there needs to be better ways to helping this city. You know, we have constant people coming in and asking for Bruce Wayne to be a philanthropist again. Uh, but uh, like the Waynes previously were, the ma- the mayor comes, or the mayor elect would uh, comes and. Uh, um, tries to, or the I guess candidate. They weren't mayor elect. The candidate comes up and uh, and says, you know, the Waynes have been very philanthropy focused. My campaign stands on needing people like you to do that again. So the movie itself, I think, has led us to to where a potential Batman sequel will have more Bruce Wayne. So that's kind of my devil's advocate. You're right. The movie isn't necessarily focused on it, but how do you have a story that is so personal to Bruce Wayne that he doesn't have that revelation halfway through the movie? Or why don't you save the Thomas and Martha Wayne weren't good people storyline until your second movie when Bruce Wayne actually has something to do? Like, yeah, it's so mind boggling to me. So, so again, a little bit of devil's advocate. It's not the Mm -hmm. movie they were trying to make. But pick a different storyline. <laughs> right. It seems Don't involve the Waynes. It's yeah, yeah, right. It seems almost that they, they could have done the whole um, you know, corruption and uh, you know, like unraveling the web of the criminal underworld. They could have done that without involving the Waynes. It seemed yeah. like it seemed like just an excuse to bring in, you know, more of a connection to Bruce Wayne, which is even more mind-boggling as to why they they would do that. Um, but yeah, you know. I think, again, that's something that makes this movie longer. Going to uh, the whole scene where he goes to the orphanage uh, and and mm-hmm. sees, um, you know, uh, the the video of of his dad running for mayor. You know, that's like 
it's interesting, but it's not mm-hmm. entirely relevant to the story. So, you know, it, yeah, it, you it, could it, cut out, like you could cut bored. out that arc. Yeah, for sure. right. Yeah, and and even you could cut out the entire that would also cut out Riddler having the vengeance um, aspect to Bruce Wayne himself, and so really. The only reasons for the Waynes to be involved in this movie at all is to put Bruce Wayne in danger um, with the bomb threat and then also to give us some sort of emotional resonance because Alfred is injured. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that's the only reason, really, that this arc has to exist. I, the much better version of this movie is to not include the Waynes, but to have the Waynes be well, either include the Waynes more and see how Bruce interacts with that. Or if you're really trying to get to the Batman realizes he can't just do this the way he is. There needs to be a change in the way this is done. Then save the Waynes are terrible people for <laughs> Batman Two, right? And uh, but but I respect the hell out of the choice because the only we've never seen bad Waynes in in the films, uh, right? So far, yeah. the, uh, but they've always been uh, they've always been saints. Well, they're saints. One could well, argue Thomas was a little bit of a you know in uh, in Joker, but in Joker, know, sure. There's, there's that a, was Joker there's a with a little bit of allusion player. to that, but 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 that's not a that's also told from the perspective of Joker. Mm-hmm. So exactly. The, uh, unreliable the unreliable narrator. narrator yeah. But you have Batman Begins. He's a saint. You have any time that they're shown in the 80s and 90s version, they're saints. You have um, Bruce Wayne in the um, Batman versus Superman, you know, convinced that they're saints, all that. And like, I, I'm, I don't think I don't know that the Batman, the animated series ever touches on on them. But like there's um, there's certainly a couple of animated movies uh, and especially I'm thinking that the Batman Telltale games, um, the first season, which, by the way, is available for mobile. It's incredible. Um, so even if you don't have an Xbox or a PC or PlayStation or whatever, you can buy it on Play Store or iPhone, whatever. It's for real incredible. It costs like five bucks. It's worth not bad. all of your time to play that game. Um, and that deals a lot with Bruce Wayne coming to terms with who were my parents and have you played the Telltale game? I have not. I am not a huge video game person, but I I, I do like a lot of story focused games, and I've heard the Telltale games are really great. Man, so. let me tell you, I think these Telltale games. There's two seasons, season one and season two. I think they're going to be right up your alley because nice. what you are talking about, what you wanted the Batman to be, is exactly what that Telltale game is. There are literally moments where um, Bruce Wayne is needed for a specific thing, like as Bruce Wayne. And a building blows up a mile away and you have to decide how are you going to proceed next? Are you going to go to this Bruce Wayne thing or are you going to become, so you, there's such an emphasis on that. That's awesome. Um, it's a very Bruce Wayne, such Bruce Wayne centric story. Um, and very much Batman origins. Um, great detective work in, uh, in there. Like they make you like walk around and like notice clues and whatnot and piece, piece together um, conclusions based off of that. I think you, I think these will be right up your alley. Uh, and they're not a massive time investment. Um, maybe six to ten hours a piece, uh, and depending not on bad. how you want to play them out. So, um, so I lo- I love the fact that they brought in. Hey, maybe the Waynes because there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely stories out there where the Waynes aren't the best people, um, and it's it's refreshing to see that. And thank God we didn't see them get shot in an alley. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Who, who yeah. even knows if that's exactly how they died, right? Because right. we don't we don't know, and it's 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 alluded to, but it's watch uh, watch. The, I don't need to. watch the opening to Batman Two be that that very same flashback, and then have it be revealed. Oh, they were actually in the Court of Owls or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> 
I hope. Um, <laughs> Because that means we get court of owls. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let's let's go along the train of uh, of people that were people that are in the movie. Because I think this is leading to other points. This is mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. Um, what about what about Andy Serkis's Alfred? See, I read right before seeing this movie that he would be less of a father figure to Bruce in this movie, which I think is a great change of pace from literally everything we, we've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the character we know, but I think that's good. It's doing, you know, what I think this movie does very well is it's, you know, a, a originality and stuff we've never seen in a Batman theatrical movie before. Um, and to see an Alfred that is sort of disconnected with with Bruce and only talks to him uh you know when 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 he needs to you know when when he tells him he has a stockbroker meeting or asks him you know if if everything you know if everything's going well with the with the whole Batman thing um I I I just think it's uh it was an interesting new direction and of course Andy Serkis is an incredible actor definitely one of my favorites um Mm. and I was a little disappointed that he wasn't in this movie much and that they sort of knocked him out of commission near the end. I genuinely thought he died. And I was like, did this movie have the balls to kill Alfred? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Couple things went back there. I wish they would have killed him. Yeah. And it, I I can't help but think of Dicer's thoughts on, um, on what happened in the rise of Skywalker, where the way that he phrased it was this film lacks the courage for its convictions. If if Alfred dies in that scene, that is a Bruce has to take accountability for that. Batman has to take accountability for that, and he has to own up to it. And especially with the last conversations that he's had, he treats Alfred like shit for the most part of this movie. Mm-hmm. If the last thing, yo, the first thing he says to Alfred in this movie is, "You're not my father." Like, if if Bruce has to live with that, and 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 choose to only see later what Alfred meant to him. Like, oh, they should have killed him. Right. Like, um. So, but circus is great. Uh, they they should they should have just done it at that point. Um, I, I wish he was in the movie more. And we'll come back to Alfred. We'll come back to him. Yeah. Um, for one specific part. But mm-hmm. every time he's on screen, I was like, yeah, he's great. And. I think taking him, you know, Michael Caine was definitely the father figure, the caretaker, all that. I think taking him into a little bit more of a, of a non-father figure role is for Michael Caine as Alfred was needed for the Dark Knight trilogy because Mm -hmm. he is the heart of that movie, of those movies. And this movie has no heart deliberately. This movie is justice. Oh yeah. uh, Vengeance. vengeance. (laughs) Right. So there is no heart in this movie. So there is no need for Alfred to be the heart of this movie. This was really reminded me a lot of like the, the Alfred um, from the animated series. Um, just less sarcastic, but still, you know, a good chunk of sarcastic, but like he does stuff. He's not just there to be, he's not just there to make you cry at the end of the trilogy, you know, um, to make, to make you cry when, when he's just like, you know, you can keep doing this, but I can't be here anymore. And you're like, don't leave Michael Caine. Um <laughs> Okay, so we'll come back to Alfred for sure. Sounds good. Um, that, Gordon, I, I think we're almost done with people. Gordon, right, right. Uh, so as a as an unabashed Jeffrey Wright fan, um, I can confidently say he is doing his Jeffrey Wright thing here, which I have absolutely no problem with. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 interesting. You know, it makes sense. Batman is early in his crime fighting. Uh, Gordon is not yet 
commissioner and you know so he ha- he ha- he has a lot of people to answer to um mm-hmm. and I, I i really really liked his relationship with uh with batman because he is the only one who is on his side he is the only one um, that Batman really trusts, which I think made for uh, a, a very interesting relationship. Honestly, more interesting than the relationship between Alfred and and Bruce. Um, I yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I read this morning that the Gotham PD show is on hold for now, which I'm quite disappointed about because oh. I could always always use more Jeffrey Wright in my life. The only reason it should be on hold. Is if it's because Westworld season four is going to be filming soon? That's the only reason I'll accept. I think I think they've already filmed it, uh, Westworld. So I'm 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 Sweet. holding out hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what did you think of uh, Jeffrey Wright? So as again, as an abashed Jeffrey Wright fan, um, I think he's great in the Felix Leiter role in 007. Yeah. I think he's really excellent in Westworld. I love that. Like he's finally starting to become not just oh that guy that you see that you don't know his name. I love that he's finally like. This guy, this guy's, this guy's gonna win an Oscar by the time he retires, and this guy's, if he hasn't already won some Emmys, he will. Um, mm-hmm. This is, uh, um, this is one one of the most underappreciated actors out there, um, and he is doing his best. Um, he, there's, he's not really given too much to to make him stand out as Gordon, though. Um, I think the scene with him where he pulls back, like after Batman gets knocked out and he has him alone in the cell is, is the best, um, best work that he's doing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of part, he's, he's show up. He's, he's smarter than um, uh, Gary Oldman's uh, character. He's given a little bit more like ability to, to do things. Uh, he's given a little bit more ability to figure things out himself. He's, it's really more of a back and forth relationship with Batman, not just a, let me tell you how it is. Here's how mm-hmm. to do your job, you know? Um, so I appreciated that. Um, he's he's good. He's just yeah. like he, I, I wish he would have been given more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm I excited think, to see. Yeah, I think they were hoping that 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 more that you're referring to would have been the Gotham PD show, um, which I, I I hope happens. I know I'm uh, Matt Reeves. I was listening to a podcast this morning. He he described it as uh, what it would have been uh, like um, a cop in the GCPD who is struggling between accepting bribes and 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 you know sort of struggling with uh with with corruption and uh he he butts heads with gordon before developing a a better relationship with him that sounds awesome and i really really wish that we could see that um but uh yeah yeah so um so yeah i i i really really liked gordon here um and i i i'm looking forward to seeing how he evolves in this in this batman universe because even if they don't do the Gotham PD show, he will absolutely be back in the sequel to the Batman. So, absolutely, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and I'm, I would love to see him kind of take the leads of the role. So, um, yeah, uh, really liked Gordon uh, in this. Yeah. Uh, so that really just leaves um, Paul Dano's character. Yes. How do we feel about him? So um, I think it's one of the more fascinating. Uh, takes that a superhero movie has um has done with a villain um you know really leaning into like Mar- marvel could not do this uh you know t- taking a character that is you know that is comically crazy in a lot of the other media and just turning him into a full-on serial killer i mm-hmm. I, I don't i mean marvel has you know sort of done this before but not to the intense um, lengths that the Batman goes uh, with the Riddler. You know, the opening scene, I think, says it all. He is brutal. 
and he you know he he is trying um I did have some issues with the with his motivation um but I think in general um I I really really like the character it was it was you know whenever he was on screen I was just I, my eyes were glued to the screen. Uh, Paul Dano, I really, really like him. I haven't seen too many of his movies, but especially in the interrogation scene, I just, I was just floored. I thought he was incredible. Um, and uh, you know, he he plays he plays the crazy angle very, very well. I think, mm-hmm. and um, the character, uh, you know, if if Paul Dano can do this with the Riddler, who's to say he can't do something similar with Calendar Man? Is all I'm saying. But. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I know he's probably most known for There Will Be Blood, but his two mm-hmm. best performances are, well, he's really great in There Will Be Blood. Um, the two projects that I love both the film and his role in are Little Miss Sunshine and uh, Prisoners. Um, he's great in both of those. Um, and both of those are great. I'm just not a big There Will Be Blood fan, but he's great in it. Um, okay, so here's my thing. I really loved the way that Paul Dano was playing him. I really loved um, using this person. My problem is, um, and especially as kind of revealed towards the end of the movie, they're going for a really advanced Riddler here. So really they're not actually going for Riddler. They're going for Hush. Mm -hmm. And Hush is an incredible Batman story, but you almost feel like with the conversation that, that a certain character that we'll definitely get into later is having with, um, uh, with Hush that it almost feels like they're setting setting him up to return in a bigger and badder way later. And maybe maybe they're going to try to go hush, but it's like, but that was hush. You make your Riddler now, and you make your hush later. Um, and it's it just felt... I'm totally fine if they want to do hush. They, I'm totally fine if they wanted to, to just make it that. It's just... Just call him Hush. <laughs> even he, he even looks like Hush uh, a little bit. He does, with his, right? With the he doesn't face. look like Riddler. He looks yeah. like Hush. Yeah. So, and I think it was intentional. And there's even um, like a news headline where you can see Hush in the title, like referring to it. It's like, so just call him Hush. Like they were really close with the uh, with the orphanage little sub story to having yeah. him be like Bruce Wayne's childhood friend, which is who Hush is. Um, so I, I, I feel like, you know, but I feel like if they were to do this movie, but with Hush and he was like, you know, leading the Batman all around the city on, you know, with clues and a mystery, people would be like, well, why not just make him the Riddler? So I feel like there's no way to do the story, like like what they're trying to do with the mystery and not have him be the Riddler. You know what you do with the people that say, why not just have him be the Riddler? <laughs> Tell him to pick up a comic book. <laughs> Tell him specifically to go by the Batman Hush storyline. Like, that's why. Because he's not the Riddler here. He's Hush. So if you're listening and you haven't read it, uh, like, and, and look, don't don't cop out and don't watch the animated movie because the animated movie takes some liberties. It's, it's not the actual story. Read up on Hush. Um, and there's a couple versions of Hush. Um, but but mo- I think... The, the main one is that uh, that it's it's an advanced version of Riddler of uh, Edward Nash. So, mm-hmm. um, so that, I mean, that's and that's a minor problem. Pa- Paul Dano is killing the character. I love having him be the central villain. I, I wish he was in it more. It really yeah. feels like this was really more be- between Batman and the Falcone clan. And then Riddler was just like giving opportunities when for it should have been the other way around. I mean. Yeah, it should have been that the the Falcone clan was a or the mob was a was a backdrop, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Batman's got to do some other things to to take care of things. So, um, yeah, I think 
I think there was there was uh, that part. Um, I really loved. I I know this didn't rub all the right people. I loved the way the finale played out. Um, in in terms of, I love how Hush. How I'm going to call him Hush because that's what he is. <laughs> how Hush's grand plan was not to be in the finale, um, but to inspire people. And like, that's a terrifying finale. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe you could, you know, read into it for what I think it's intended to be. Um, and just say, here's the dangers of all of these extremist groups, you know, uh, on, on, on the internet. And uh, um, I, so I think you could, you could definitely be like, it's a little bit ham fisted in that, but like, Right. I loved the way that it played out. Um, it works with this story too, because when um, when Batman is fighting them and he rips the mask off of one of them, he asks, "Who are you?" And the guy says, "I'm vengeance." Yeah. And Batman realizes, "Oh shit! I like th- th- these people think they're doing the same things that I think I'm doing." And so that's when I think he he realizes and then he saves the people with the flare torch, another great shot spoiled by the trailer. Um, yep. That, uh, that, that he, that's when he really becomes Batman, I guess, not to get too ahead of us. Um, but, sure. but, you know, he, um, that's one of the great things I think is done with the character of the Riddler or Hush, as you are calling him, um, is mm-hmm. he, he is the perfect foil to Batman in the finale. Uh, he, he and his, his militia group um, are, you know, they are what is needed to, um, to, to, uh, to jumpstart his, his transition into the character that we see, like that we've seen in, in the comics and in other film adaptations. Yeah. And gosh, what a horrifying finale of mm-hmm. literally flooding Gotham city and then causing all, all anybody that was on the streets to rush into one building. Yeah. And then to have people there ready to just wipe out the building, like, whoa, yeah, um, that's twisted. Um, <laughs> I jokingly said to somebody earlier today, I said, "You would think a, Go- a city like Gotham City, where it seems to be raining ninety percent of this movie, would have <laughs> would have better drainage." <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think I, I think what they were positing is that. Um, there are like flood walls or something, and yeah, and, no, they are. There's they yeah, sea walls, yeah. which is yeah, which is like is global warming is that bad now? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I yeah, know. Gotham City is halfway underwater, but uh, well, we'll say this too: yeah. Gotham City feels like Gotham City. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels it does. really like it was taken directly out of the Arkham video games. It, it this doesn't feel like. I mean, as much as as much as Nolan made the at least the first two films really feel like Gotham. I mean, you can tell it's Chicago. Um, and you could tell the third one is Pittsburgh. You know, you could you could still tell that they're there. This one, I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea where they shot this. They must have shot it in Gotham City. So right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 a character here, as it should be, um, because it's it's probably you know of all of the super like the places where superheroes live, especially in the DC, you know, uh, universe. I, I, Gotham is absolutely the most iconic, and it's it's the most it's given the most characterization. You know, Superman has Metropolis, which is just you know, your stereotypical city and the flash has central city, which is basically metropolis under another name. Uh, and, but, 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 you know, Gotham is the exact opposite of those cities in that it's like, it's as the Riddler says, it's, you know, it's a grimy cesspool. Uh, you know, it like, it is full of bad people who do bad things. Uh, and, and that's why it, it works so well as a location. And it's perfect for the character of, um, of the Batman. Hmm. 
It looks like uh, it looks like most of it is filmed in Scotland and, and uh, England. Interesting. And then, uh, one or two shots um, in Illinois. <laughs> so well, <laughs> good good for the Illinois crew getting some work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, mostly Scotland and UK interior and exterior. Like, but either way, it felt the most like Gotham. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm sure thanks to some uh, thanks to some CGI, but uh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let me, let me pose this question to you. Mm -hmm. How much better is this movie if it takes place over the course of one night? Well, so when at the end, when Batman says, uh, you know, it's, it's been, I think four days, maybe six, um, my friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend leans over to me and says, it's been like, it's only been a couple days. I had thought the opposite. I thought it took place in a much tighter time frame. Um, because I, I honestly think, you know, um, if if you cut out some of the action set pieces and if you cut out some of the elements of the mystery, it, it honestly really could have taken place in, in one night. If you cut out the orphanage, you uh, unfortunately maybe cut out the the um, the car chase like and and, and eliminate the character of, of, of Catwoman. Boom. You, you have a one night. You have a one night thing. Um, you know, like the Riddler has been, or Hush has been planning this for years, and 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 he finally puts all of his eggs into one basket, unleashes everything into one night. Um, we, you know, I, I honestly think, you know, I honestly think he he could have done that, and I think that I don't know if it necessarily would have made the story better, but I do think it could really have worked. It, this movie wants so hard to be the Long Halloween, right? And that's how you make it the Long Halloween. Yeah. Um, this, the opening makes it really feel like this is going to be Batman in one night, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the Riddler, it's definitely somebody that you can use to make this kind of story happen. Um, it's really somebody you can use to be like more more along the lines of quick thinking. I mean, think like it works really well in Die Hard with a Vengeance that that movie is not quite in real time, but it really feels like it. And, uh, like it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be real time. But how about, like, there's no reason this couldn't be a one night movie. Um, you know, and it would really put all the pressure on what's going on and you, you make it election night. Um, you know, like with the final results and stuff coming in, you make it, you, you put time pressure on Batman. I mean, there is time pressure here, but like how much more intense would this be if, you know, if there's a ticking clock, um, mm-hmm. going and, Man, um, I think this is a much better. Th- I think this is a much better movie if it goes that route. And I'm not saying that it necessarily is bad for going multiple days. I think it's just more so it wants so desperately to be the long Halloween. It's like then just right. be the long Halloween. Yeah. Um, the opening was like like the, the the scene that actually takes place on Halloween was incredible. Great opening. Um, I I had a lot of like fears going into the movie just again mm-hmm. with 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 it so highly rated and i was blown away by the opening sequence where there's a bunch of people robbing places and then they yeah. see the bat signal and they're like looking through corners looking at the beards be like everybody's scared that when's like, he gonna Batman show up just yeah. be yeah and i thought for sure they were gonna keep doing that until eventually one day one time he does show up and it would mm-hmm. just scare the pants off of me but like man it was so effective to get across that message of like you know it's working like, mm-hmm. you know, people are scared of me. Like, gosh, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. And, you know, when he finally comes out of the shadows, the music swells. Music, by the way, incredible. I love the score. I have been listening to it a lot. 
I'm I'm not as high on every as everybody else on it, but I'm certainly not low on it. I think it's yeah. great, but I know like I know people are like over the moon about it, and it's like it's great, right? It's really great. Um, it's it it, uh, it I just need more time to sit with it, maybe. Or, right. I don't know. Uh, there there is an element of it's so simplistic that mm-hmm. makes it desirable. The four know? notes, um, yeah, yeah. So there isn't there is an element of that, but uh, and it's used very effectively in the film for sure. Mm-hmm. Those four notes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, when he finally comes out of the shadows and he, he brutally beats on the, uh, the, the skull faced gang, it was just mm-hmm. so good. Perfect introduction to this, to this version of, uh, of, of Batman or, or, or vengeance as he likes to be. Yeah. Called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I have, uh, I have two more notes. I'm sure we can talk about more too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, mo- I mostly just want to get to these two notes. Of course. Um, that's not saying that's the end when we get there. Um, right. And I, w- I want to save the big one for later. <laughs> cool. um, let's talk about, let's talk about the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. Matt I... Reeves built this platform for yeah. this movie on the idea that I am finally going to show you why Batman is the world's greatest detective on film. And I don't think he delivers in the slightest. Here, here's the thing. He's not the world's greatest detective here, but at least he is a detective. And at least he is doing the detective work that Batman did when he first appeared. I will give you that he is more of a detective in this film than probably we've ever seen on film. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, especially when you consider that especially take something like Batman versus Superman. It's more so like plug it into a computer and the computer does all the work. Right. Um, you know, or, or whatever. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We have the technology that stuff like that can happen. It's okay. I will, I will not argue that this is probably the most detective Batman has been, but this is far from, let me show you the world's greatest detective, which it really feels like Matt Reeves built this platform on. I'm going to give you a noir, original style Batman that will demonstrate that he is the world's greatest detective. And the amount of detecting, the amount of investigative work was so little. Alfred did more than Batman. Like for real. Cause he's like working on the cipher manually and all that. And Alfred does all the heavy, does all the grunt work. So that Batman's like, but what if, what if it is the full, you know, instead of it's like, it's, it was infuriating because I, w- I really, really, really wanted, here's this great detective story. And what I got was, here's a story that is pretty inconsequential whether this guy's a detective or not. And frankly, he's a bad one. I mean, especially with the way the Riddler's plan unfolds. Like, he even has that line. He's like, I thought you were better than that. It's like, me too. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you're supposed to pick up on all these things and you're, the detective stuff that he has to do is honestly like I could have figured it out. Like, you know, the, the, that first riddle where the, like the, the, the blind or the whatever, and the answer is justice song. The answer is justice, right? Like, right. you know, this is a very easy riddle. This isn't riddler style riddles, you know? And then there's the, the one where it's like the, the, what is, what does a liar do when he dies and he, he lies mm. still? It's like, you know, I, I could have figured that out with a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, you know, like n- not a lot, uh, but it's just like, this isn't, this isn't the world's greatest detective, especially when he falls into the riddles playing the whole, the whole time. And it was, it's, it's one of those things that it's because Matt Reeves built this to be, I'm going to give you this. It's like, 
Thank God. <laughs> no, you didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, there is a certain, you know, I, I can admire what he was trying to do. And Matt, Matt Reeves is a very smart um, screenwriter. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think that, you know, he, he people do help him out. Like, like he gets outside help a little bit more than he should have. Like when he was in um, the Riddler's apartment and the and he picks up a tool and the cop there is like, oh, you know, my, my, my dad used to work on that. It's used to, it's used for carpets. And then Batman's like, carpets, Turn, turns the tool around and looks down. There's a carpet. It's like, yeah, that is not. The world's greatest detective would have seen the tool. Exactly. Known that it's used for carpet. Would have seen the carpet. Done it immediately. Exactly. Yeah. Not Um, not have to have some guy randomly. What if that guy's dad wasn't a carpenter? Right. It's it's, it's purely, purely, purely for the audience. Um, Which, 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 you know, I mean, to a certain extent, you kind of have to explain things. You know, you can't just have Batman thinking. So I, I do understand that. Although they do narration in this movie at the beginning and the end. I, I honestly think that if they really needed to, they could have employed that. Well, and here's here's another part that I wasn't really planning on bringing it up. The narration is a crutch. Mm-hmm. It, and they, they have it because, like, they're showing Batman writing in a um, in a journal. But it's only at the beginning and the end of the movie. Why wasn't this a through line? Why right. don't we see it at the end of each night? There's no reason. It's frustrating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I can I can respect the decision to include the detective work in this movie. I know it 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 definitely makes this probably one of the more unique Batman movies um, out there, and and just superhero movies in general. You don't really uh, see. Um, superheroes uh, playing, you know, playing detective and, and and solving genuine mysteries throughout the entire film, as opposed to just you know having like a mini. Also, speaking of which, um, can I br- bring up the fact that I don't see this as a superhero movie. This is a hero movie, um, in that none of the characters have uh, n- necessarily have superpowers. Um, but I, I I do think it's interesting how. This movie um, takes a certain care to be more grounded in reality, even more than the Nolan films. I think you know sure. the Nolan films yeah, had more of a fantastical quality to them, um, and and more uh, as, a slightly slightly elevated from exactly. reality. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. not 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 massive or anything. But right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So I I really like that quality of the movie um, as well. Just wanted it, to throw it that feels in. more grounded than most superhero movies do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. um, and I would even maybe argue to your point that this this movie isn't a, a super isn't a hero movie. It's a villain movie. Yeah, um, partly because it's so villain centric, but also like we're we're not necessarily supposed to see Batman as at least the way that he's been doing things as right in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like he saves the, he saves the day, but like we are supposed to believe that he that there is a better way of doing this and he knows that now and he's going to work towards being a hero um which apparently is a major point of contention i listened to the civ pop stuff earlier today and it's like oh people don't see that okay uh interesting that people don't see that because it's 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 kind of riddler's whole plan (laughs) right he thinks that batman is on his side (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's kind of right there yeah um yeah all right well let's talk about the hopefully the one thing that we can absolutely definitely agree on that maybe is the last point we talk about the moment that made my blood boil 
the Joker in the prison cell next to the Riddler. I don't think it pissed me off as much as it did you. Um, oh my god! It made I, me so mad. It's so entirely unnecessary. Um, I granted, I love the casting. Barry um, uh, uh, Barry Keegan as as the Joker. I, I that is perhaps after Heath Ledger the best Joker casting that I've ever seen. However, he will be great. Yeah, but I am entirely disinterested in any Joker that is not Bo Burnham. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's just it it felt it, it was the one of the only things about this movie that actually felt forced. You know, we, we've been talking about stuff that you could take out and it wouldn't change too too much. I'd agree with that. Yeah, but but this this scene legitimately felt forced. You know, it, it was part of the Lord of the Rings uh, endings, and it 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 really didn't need to be there other than to set up more movies and to set up more shows. Well, and it's it's also different because this doesn't take place after the credits. This isn't even the final shot of the film. Mm-hmm. This is in the middle of the endings, and it's like it's very forced. There, you could take that out and put that after the credits, and it's way less forced. Yep. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. I still would have hated it. <laughs> and and here's why I hated it mostly. Let's the fact that it's forced is enough, right? Mm-hmm. I don't freaking need another Joker. <laughs> Just please use the like hundreds and hundreds of other villains that that DC has. Please. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm t- I, I talked. To, I recorded a podcast with uh, with Joe that will go live. Uh, this will go live sometime soon. Mm-hmm. That'll go live on this week's episode Wednesday. And what, what we talked about during the B plot was how we save the DCEU. And we talked frequently about that. One of the things that we did talk about was freaking use your characters. Yeah. You don't need sp- you know, just Penguin, Catwoman, and joker for your batwoman for your for your batman stuff like i love that christopher nolan finally gave us scarecrow and i really like scarecrow freaking clayface would have to be in a little bit more of a like fantastical but clayface would be really fun to see oh yeah the the and if you're gonna give me joker like why haven't we got the jason todd storyline either like that Mm -hmm. um we have gotten that on i will say uh hbo max's titans did do that storyline quite well i know it's not a theatrical film but i'll um, I'll check it out just for that because just like season one is terrible uh but season two and three are great anyway can i just start in season two or do i uh you could you could you could probably start in season two did you you, watch watch a quick recap (laughs) okay so i'm sure there's a recap at the beginning oh yeah um so it's one of those that is just gosh uh there, especially with Batman. Batman has the best villains in comic books. I mean, you freaking Calendar Man, freaking Clayface. I desperately, desperately, desperately want. I'm shouting from the rooftops. Freaking Hugo Strange for Matt Reeves mm-hmm. as the Batman too. He would kill it. Yeah. I don't need another freaking Joker. <laughs> I remember um, when I was younger looking through. Uh, the DC Comics character encyclopedia and just reading about all of these fascinating characters that I have never seen anywhere. And just because, you know, they are quote unquote too obscure to use in the movies. They're not, you know, the way to get obscure characters out of obscurity is to use them. Like James, James Gunn took a Z took a lot of Z list characters, notably among them peacemaker and made them some of the most talked about superheroes of our time which I is mean, just the insane. biggest surprise for that movie was polka dot man oh yeah i freaking love polka dot man yeah. after the suicide squad you know it just 
Look, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not asking for Condiment King. I'm I, I honestly for... wouldn't mind seeing like a dark take on Condiment King. <laughs> Look, there's a way to do it, right? Yeah. I'm not asking for Condiment King. I'm maybe not even asking for Killer Croc again in this in this universe. I, I would love to see Killer Croc done right. Not for the way that this grounded Batman is. Here's here's the way you do your trilogy. For if you're Matt Reeves, and look, I'm saying trilogy because why on earth would anybody want to do more than a trilogy? You, I mean, unless you're going to do a TV series, right? Right. Which all four make make long form stuff. You know, stop stop this Batman short form stuff. Um, this could have e- this Batman story could have easily been a whole TV season worth. This could have been a ten episode HBO Max series. Um. So it would have been frankly so much better for that anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not asking for, for the ridiculousness. I'm asking for calendar man, uh, for, for, for Hugo strange. I think the perfect trilogy is you take, make hush in there somewhere, right? But maybe make him third and you have, and you have Riddler sort of your like knockoff throwaway character in the first movie, something that really introduces us to Batman. And, and that, why, that way everybody sees him as a joke. Make him your big finale as Hush in in Batman Three. Make your first movie. How about Mad Hatter? Freaking Matt Reeves would make a great Batman versus Mad Hatter film, and make freaking Hugo Strange in for the Batman Two. That's a perfect trilogy. You don't have to have the Joker. You don't have to have Catwoman. You don't have to have um, Penguin. You don't have to have any of these characters that we've just seen over and over and over again. I'm tired of getting on this soapbox, especially because like. I like the Joker. He's arguably the best comic book character ever. He's definitely maybe the most fun to watch. He's the most interesting, but don't freaking need him in everything. <laughs> like this isn't like Iron Man where it's like you can't not have the Mandarin or whatever. Like this isn't uh this isn't like all of these like really popular villains that like you know there's a, a lot, like a lot of these Marvel people only have one big main villain except for Spider-Man. This isn't like um, you know, this isn't, this isn't like saying, um, you know, give me Spider-Man without trying to do Sinister Six or whatever. Like this is just, just yeah. leave Joker out of it. Yeah. You know, he could be alluded to even. Right. Like, the way that the end credit scene goes is there's no way he's just going to be an illusion, uh, in alluded to. And like, I, but I'm just saying, you don't even need that. Right. It's it's the, you know, they feel that they can't appeal to mainstream audiences without um, having these, these like, big, you know, well-known characters in here. But the way you stir up interest for a little-known character is by teasing them in an interesting way, which shouldn't be too hard when you have this amount of talent behind a movie. So. Well, and for... Gosh, it's it seems so arbitrary arbitrary because everybody agrees there probably won't be a better live action Joker than Heath Ledger. Yeah. So why try every iteration? And it's it's even one of those like look at the way that that Marvel did it where they teased Thanos at the end of Avengers. I had no idea who Thanos was. was. Perfect. Yeah. Guess what I did when I left the theater? Google who is Thanos? <laughs> like who was who was the purple man at the end of Avengers? Or I guess he was a different color at the time. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, either way, who who was the man at the end in the post credit scene of the Avengers? Oh, this is the guy we're getting. This is awesome. You can make a Hugo Strange. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. There's no reason people can't go home and Google who is Hugo Strange. 
They might get confused because they might Google who is Doctor Strange and, you know, <laughs> one of those yeah. stupid comic book things. But, like, you don't you don't have to have your mainstream characters in there. Kind of, you know, contrary to studio's beliefs. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's, so um, that's why it made my blood boil. It's not because it's forced, which it is. It's because you could have picked any number of characters. And you picked yeah. the one everybody's kind of over <laughs> yeah it's 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 all in favor i think of a uh you know a, a, like a, a shock from 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 the audience oh they're doing that of course they're doing that it's the joker it's the most <laughs> famous batman villain ever it's the easy way so of course they're doing it um yeah. which uh yeah i i mean honestly it's not going to be the worst thing I'm sure it'll be great, right? right? I'm sure yeah. Matt, Re- Matt Reeves will deliver a terrific Batman versus Joker film. Mm-hmm. I would just rather a Batman Hugo Strange, a Batman Mad Hatter, a Batman Calendar. I would rather those films. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I I think um, the interview that I listened to this morning with, with Matt Reeves, he said he doesn't know if the Joker is going to be the villain of the second one. So maybe they can resist using him for a little bit, which, which might be interesting. Um, you know, I'm still well, holding out hope for earlier, Court of Owls. Like, but. Right. Like Court yeah. of Owls, please. Actually. Yeah. I take, I take that back. How about I take back my perfect Matt Reeves trilogy, you know, have, yeah, have your, your Riddler slash maybe even Mad Hatter, like, Court of Owls. Have your have your first Batman movie be the Long Halloween, and have it be, you know, intro scene is Riddler, and you mm-hmm. get Mad Hatter, and you get, uh, or or have or have Riddler be a side project that literally Batman doesn't have to give any thought to Riddler, um, you know, but he's because he's working. You know, Mad Hatter could be like one of your intro ones, and or, or something along the line anyway. But you have you have your he's dealing with the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. so he doesn't even have to think about Riddler, and then that way. Nobody remembers who Riddler is because he's so insignificant that that turns him to be hush for this big bad in Batman. Like, yeah, please for the love of God, Court of Owls. Like, it's a they do a they do a, a reverse of this movie. The Riddler comes in at the very end and is a part of the climax, uh, and 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 is absent for the entire rest of the movie. Sure, exactly yeah. right. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any other thoughts on the Batman? Um, you were just really desperate to be like, we can't not talk about this. It, it's shot gorgeously, and that's it, all we need to say. Yeah, the yeah, action it, is it terrific. Is. It, it it looks great, and I think th- like that that was part of um of of what I really really loved uh, about this movie. It's it's just it's it immerses you in a way that a lot of superhero movies or hero movies don't really do. Um, because as we've mentioned in. In, in, in our review, it, it paints such a picture with its setting, and its setting is is so um, is, is is so alive that it you know it, it 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 makes you feel like you are a part of the world. Even when Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz are standing in front of giant uh, uh, HD screens that are projecting the Gotham City skyline, it still feels so real, and 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 it's it still looks uh, so fantastic in an all too unnecessary scene. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think this movie is excellent technically, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from, from the, uh, you know, from basically every single technical aspect, the performances I think are generally yeah. great. Um, the editing is, is, is fantastic, especially in the action sequences. Um, like, uh, there's a couple of them that aren't great. Yeah. Um, um one, one that I want to specifically, uh, shout out is, um, well, another one that was 
no, no surprise, spoiled by the trailer, is when Batman is walking down the hallway in, in complete darkness. Yep. And the henchmen start shooting at him, and the only light we see is from the intermittent uh, muzzle flares. It's maybe my favorite five seconds of the film. Yeah, it is so gorgeous. And, and it's so not five fun. seconds. It's probably like 40 seconds. It's, right. it's lengthy. Yeah, yeah. It is so awesome. And maybe they'll learn their lesson about spoiling stuff in the trailers for the next movie, but I am not holding out hope. No, no, they they gave away the best moments in this film. Yeah, to, to, to that, and yeah, there's there's a couple moments with the with the fight choreography that really like got on my nerves. Like, there's at one point when when Batman gets really injured because he's shot point blank with a shotgun. It's because he is walking up to somebody who is holding a shotgun. You can't get a little pep in your step. Like, easy solution, jog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's literally walking up on him and then gets shot point blank with a double barrel and then is like, oh, no, that hurt. Like, <laughs> you know, I am st- stunned now. I'm going to have to take adrenaline to recover from this. Like, or <laughs> Vengeance is hurting. <laughs> look, and as somebody, as, as somebody that is not in any position to tell somebody what to do in a physical capacity, you know, because I'm fat, like, try. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some of the stuff had to happen for the sake of the of the story. Also, near the end, when he um, when he is about to f- uh, fall into the uh, into the water on on the electrical wire, the music and the slow motion makes it sound like he's going to die, which was mm-hmm. a puzzling choice because, of course, he's not. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I I don't really know what what they were going for there, but. And and why not just throw the battering right. instead of instead of jump to it and then slice it? Like that's clearly a battering. Yeah. It's meant to be thrown. <laughs> Problem <Exactly>. solved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I do love um I'll t- I'll talk about this just real quick then too. Um I do love the 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 wingsuit. Like mm-hmm. it felt very practical and again, grounded in reality, you know, like no kind of one of the things we alluded to with Nolan's being a little bit more like fantastical is he kind of has, has to like either make up um, military armor or he has to like work it to where it fits, it fits things and whatever. Like, you know, like with, like specifically with the bat wings, like wingsuit is totally acceptable. There's nothing wrong with a wings, wing, yeah. wingsuit. Absolutely. And you know, and I love how he has an actual grappling go- hook gun. That's yep. what he has. Like, yeah, and when he when he uh, when he he sort of loses control of the wingsuit and he wipes out, and it looks like it hurts because that's what would happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Very last thing, um, and then we can and then we can stop here. Um, um, and that is, I, I want to know where does this rank in live action Batman films for you? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, this is tippy top. Oh yeah, uh, I am ashamed to say. I have not seen all of the live action Batman movies. I haven't even seen uh, the 1989 Batman, uh, I, which Ooh, I am. Okay. I know. Uh, I I, I got to watch it. I was going to watch it last week. Didn't work out. Um, uh, but I have seen all the Nolan ones. I've seen uh, the DCEU ones. There's really only one DCEU Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I would still rank The Dark Knight above this. Uh, I I, okay. I just think The Dark Knight is a is a better made movie, better thematically. Um, and there is, it is ridiculously hard to beat Heath Ledger's Joker, um, just yeah. in terms of villains. Uh, and then this would probably be number two. Um, and then, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, uh, and then 
uh, at the very bottom of the ones I have seen, uh, Batman v Superman. I don't hate it. In fact, I just wrote about it in the BEC. Um, I am. I, I will always defend it, especially the uh, especially the ultimate cut. Um, but uh, it it is still the the least good uh, out of all of the Batman uh, live action films that I have seen. Um, I have seen all the Batman live action films. Um... And I, I think that I'm going to lose definitely some credibility here. Um, there's going to be specifically one choice that people. Batman and Robin is number anymore. one. <laughs> no, uh, no, actually, um, Batman Begins is my number one. Nice. I think that movie is excellent. Um, and especially talk about the way that movies are shot in frames. I love Batman Begins. Specifically, the fighting feels like a. Um, uh, it really feels like a um, uh, like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like. Fan-freaking-tastic. Um, so many scenes remind me of that, like uh, the Batman ent- exiting the elevator and it's complete darkness and you're just like, something's going down. Like, gosh, I love it. Um, Batman Begins is my favorite. The Dark Knight, barely behind it. Like, hair-thin margin, um, mm. for sure. Those are both, like, excellent 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. Um, it's been a hot second since I've rewatched them, but I'm sure that that, that opinion will hold up. Um, and then, uh, and then below the Batman, I, I will put Dark Knight Rises below the Batman because mm-hmm. the last forty five minutes of the movie, that movie, are infuriating. Um, and uh, I, I'll put um, the Adam West Batman below this one, and I'll put nice. Batman and Robin below this one. And Batman Returns is just a piece of garbage to me. Um, <laughs> so that that's kind of where I'll go. The, the kind of the two that are outliers that I haven't mentioned yet, and it's I I think I will. I think that the Batman is a better movie, but I think I'll put Batman 89 above the Batman because it doesn't infuriate me as like that. Like I think, I think I enjoyed the Batman more, but I think that I think that the Batman is definitely a better movie and I enjoy watching it more, but I think I just like 89 better. Um, uh, especially cause there's no big, stupid, dumb moments that you're like, God, like, um, and then uh, here's going to be the pick that I'm going to lose a lot of people on. <laughs> I really, really, really like Batman Forever. It's a bad movie that I really, really like. So in terms of quality, the Batman is leaps and bounds better than it. In terms of my enjoyment, <laughs> I like I like Batman Forever more than I like the Batman. Uh, nice. So that's going to be that's going to be the take that people going to be like everything he said. I will no longer <laughs> unfollow on Twitter, unsubscribe Unfo- to the writer's unfollow, room. Unfollow, <laughs> stop following this guy's letterbox. I just, I just have a lot of fun with Batman Forever. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a fun movie. Oh, yeah. So, there are plenty, um, plenty of terrible movies, I'm sure, that we all find enjoyment in. Yeah, it's not, look, it's not like I'm putting Batman and Robin above this, or it's yeah. not like I'm putting, you know, it's not like I'm being unrealistic about some things. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I just, I, I love Batman Forever. It's not a good movie. I just love watching it. Yeah. So cool. Well, I look, I, I sincerely hope um, that if you're listening to this and you love the movie that you continue to love it. Um, or maybe this caused you to think about some things. You're like, well, I guess he's right there, but I'm willing to forgive it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And I hope that if you, if you, for some reason didn't love this movie, that Rowan's love rubs off on you. My hope, my hope <laughs> is not to turn you away from loving a movie just to give you my perspective. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate you coming on and, and, and wrestling through some of this stuff with me. Of course, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like I feel like we got it all out there. I, I mm-hmm. feel like I could sleep tonight because of that. Yes, so absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. 
thanks for thanks for listening to this episode if you're still around um and uh rowan where do you want to send people to so they can check out more of your thoughts on lots of other movies uh so i have a website called the lenient critic uh that's the lenient critic.com l-e-n-i-e-n-t critic i have a companion podcast uh that i uh, and that I uh, just recently got Shane Kanto on, uh, who I've been trying to get on mm-hmm. for a while. And I do want to get uh, Mr. Schweitzer here on it as well, if I can find something that he doesn't cover on the Writer's Room podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I uh, do that. I'm also on Letterboxd. Uh, the Screen Avenger is my username. And I write for Sif Pop, of course, uh, at least a couple articles a month. And I will be on the Writer's Room uh, in May, I believe I am scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, yeah, May, May, the first week of May nostalgia. Doctor Strange, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah, talk about more superhero movies. So um, <laughs> there we go. So as always, thanks for sticking around. Uh, thanks, Rowan, for for having this conversation with me. And uh, I, I, I I don't know when the next review is. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but I know patrons um, get exclusive uh, for the Turning Red. So. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on turning red sometime relatively soon, Patreon. There you go. <laughs> so uh, that's it. And we'll see you next time.